Quiet on the set. Action. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast. This is a show by Hot Chocolate Media where we make up a movie really fast based on a random suggestion from the internet. As always, I am joined by three illustrious guests from the wild world of Hollywood. We have our writer, Ben Lifson, who was Miguel's character model on Road to El Dorado. We have our director, Jordan Johnson, who was Tulio's character model on Road to El Dorado. And we have our producer, Kyle Decker, who was Chell's character model on Road to El Dorado. Welcome, friends. Hey! Hi! Good to be here. All right. Funnily enough, we even though we all worked on that, we've never met each other. Oh, no, sure. Yeah, the, it comes, the footage comes from all over the place. All right. Modern technology. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, your prompt for today, gentlemen. The theme of this story is a noir conspiracy. The main character is a stressed traitor. The start of the story is a critical injury. And the end of the story is a flashback. And, sir, are you saying traitor as in they trade or traitor as in they betrayed someone? I'll leave that up to you. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, this is an interesting ending with a flashback. So, you know, kind of out of the ordinary, weird time flow. So, you know what? We are doing a remake slash reboot of uh, Memento. So, we're going to do the whole backwards-forwards thing. You know, lots of people have short-term memory loss, so we can reuse that plot device. You know, we're putting it in a new situation, and that's also going to throw the audience for a loop because they won't know it's coming because they'll expect, you know, the momentum <coughs> storyline to be the same, but it's different. So it's like, oh, it's playing with your memories. What's real? I don't know. Uh, so obviously the beginning, the critical injury is, you know, how he lost his memory or how he got the injury. And I'm thinking we'll put that at the beginning because, you know, it's the last thing he remembers. So it should be the first thing the audience sees. Let's see. I'm thinking because we're doing it a bit different, though. And, you know, we're taking a little bit also from the Bourne things where it's memory loss involved with a big conspiracy. So, you know, he was defecting to topical thing, whatever topical thing is going on. I don't know. I don't watch news. But he's defecting to other side and, you know, he gets shot or... Uh, in a way that, you know, you get shot in the head in a way that doesn't kill you. You know, there's like some part of the brain where that's fine. So so it's him trying to, you know, pick up the pieces and he's not fully even sure, like, was I defecting or was I, like, was I a double agent? So, like, he's not even sure which side he's on and if he's still fighting or, you know, maybe he'll be in a situation where he's in, like, a insert ethnic group here group and he thinks that he's been captured but it's actually and you see the flashback thing again and it turns out no he was invited in here you know so just like whole bunch of you know wacky well not wacky that's not the right word in fact you know what let's it's not really a remake of memento anymore i mean we'll say it takes inspiration from you know maybe we'll get cameos you know as like a little or someone can even say like man you have short-term memory loss that must be like that movie memento or something i don't know you know, we'll work something in so we, kn- we people don't call it a rip-off. Because you know what? He doesn't own that idea. You know, he doesn't own space and time out of order things. So take that, 
Reddit and you're the Jet Five things this movie ripped up. Shut up, Reddit. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, this is gonna be a great movie. I went on a little tangent there, but I think I've given you a lot to work with. Well, oh, a title. Uh Memento and then a cool word. I'll leave it up to you. <clears throat> Alright, so Jordan, you have what looks like a mirror that's had a, a script <laughs> taped to it and then was shattered on the ground, delivered in a pile to you. This is very confusing, but there's some interesting things there that Ben has written. Uh, what do you think? How do you make this into something original, and how do you make it as your vision? You know, I think the first thing to do to make it my vision is to uh, include the vision of the audience. What if we um, install, I, I, let's get conceptual here, install mirrors on every seat. Just little ones, very cheap, get dollar store, little dudes. Tape them right to the seats, okay? So the audience, they look up, they see the screen, and then they also have to look down, and they have to think about themselves at the same time. I think this is where oh, yeah. we're going with this. I also wonder if there's a way, what if, you, what if we took this film and we split it on the screen? We had we had like a four at the same time, right? And you have uh, what's happening in the film, mm -hmm. and then maybe one, one section of the screen is what's going on in his mind, right. you know? And maybe these flashbacks that are coming to him. And then um, one of them is just a blank square, right? And right. that only just flashes in every once in a while, like for like dramatic effect, for tension, mm -hmm. you know, where they're, you're never sure if something's going to pop up there or not. And then, um, you know, maybe the third one. Maybe, can those ahead. flashes be Morse code that you won't be able to interpret unless you watch the film at 600% speed? Wow. That's ex wow. Now you're. I can't believe we didn't meet during El Dorado. Yeah. We could have made that such a, a such more a, a, a much a beautiful film. Truly, more so than it was. We could have done something special. The and I, maybe the for the fourth screen, maybe the fourth section of this checkerboard on cinema is uh, maybe it's a video feed of the audience itself. So you see yourself, and then you see the audience as a whole, and then you see the film right you yeah. see uh, you know and technology's um, there now yeah but yeah I, I think we take these I, ta I think I think we roll these uh, these concepts into a and then um, are you gonna cast anyone in this film yeah you know Matt Damon he's really great at those roles but you know he's done them a lot you know maybe it's uh, who played Al Bundy on um, what's that what's that gentleman's name you know um, Al Bundy you know uh, from uh, 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 Ed O'Neill Ed O'Neill Ed O'Neill Al Bundy from um, that wonderful 80s sitcom I don't remember the name of well you know maybe he's this he's an older gentleman right now right maybe maybe this character he's he's a little past his prime maybe that that rolls into uh, you know maybe he has an accident mm -hmm. in the field which causes and him him to be in a prone position of some sort where he gets this use that all right. So, Kyle, you've got some detailed notes about the, the process here. You've got two visionaries who are, are working hard on this piece for the studio. What do you think? Is this something that you're going to fund, and uh, how's that going to look for the studio? So this woman, who claims she's my assistant, brought me this stack of notes. And I my, my office is comprised of notes because I can't remember things. And they're just all over. And I've been drawing on my arm, too. I think I've kept, kept this all straight. Um, I really, literally forget everything told to me after 10 seconds. I have a giant suitcase full of money that I wrote a post-it note that says, For Movie. And I'm trusting you all it's for this movie. I did take out $500 for post-it notes from it. But that should keep me in post-it notes for a while. 
So this woman who was my secretary, she claims that anyway, brought me this script, I think, and this case says for a movie. I'm not sure what that is, but I do know if I were to make a movie, I would cast Al Bundy and Ed O'Neill as the two leads in it. Mm. Matt Damon, I met him one time. This office, have I been here before? Oh, four at the same time. Whoa, what could that mean? Hmm. You know what? Maybe I have to write something down. I could have, ooh, memento plus a cool word. That that has to mean something, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe what if I put it on a, on a checkerboard? Checkers, it's about a game of checkers. Janet! Is that your name? Can we make a movie about a checkerboard? If you want to, sir. I have a case of money. What's this script here? So I think there's a flashback I'm gonna have here at the start. But anyway, just make it about Reddit and a top five list and we're good to go. Who are you? All right, so we'll pass this back to our writer. You have some befuddling notes from your studio. They, they like your ambiguous, unfinished title. You have apparently two Ed O'Neills playing this, this part, one of them dressed in the, the role of his famous Married with Children character. What do you think? Is this going the way you'd hoped? So first off, this movie's going to be called Catalog. Um, I think that it's a very... It makes... You have to think about it. And, you know, I really want to... You know, this is a good film, but let's make something a bit more unusual. So I'm thinking, like, viral marketing is a big thing. You know, alternate reality games when they promote a movie. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the character in the movie is real. And, oh, the aliens, this is a real story. And you go to this site, and if you play this backwards on a certain frame, whatever. But the thing is, they always stop at the marketing. So why don't we... I want people to be re-examining. They have to keep re-watching these movies. You know, get people from all over to have to re-examine it frame by frame and so let's put in so many weird secrets in here and you know it's it's gonna people are gonna be talking about this movie for at least six hours because that's how long it takes the internet to figure this stuff out but you know they'll be invested so so yeah the morse code uh, message obviously we're gonna do that but we're also going to make it so every length because this is obviously going to get released in like 100 countries each version in each country will have a little a different piece of a message in it and it's only once you take all of them and watch them all together that it kind of fits together. Because that's life, you know? Truly. That is life. Truly. Uh, we should probably talk about the actual plot. So people are probably going to want some action in their, you know, big whatever film, you know, intrigue noir film. So let's throw them a bone, you know, whatever. But I want to do something unusual with it. So instead, so like when the gun is shot, then it shows, it cuts to the person who's being shot and them like the past 24 hours of their life backwards. So it's like, you know, life, this is, this was their last day all along. So mm. we have a quick thing where it goes through their entire life, them getting up and like talking with their family and you know, it's going to be really fast. But if you play it backwards and, you know, slow it down, you see an actual, there will be an actual five minute scene for each of these deaths that, you know, when you watch it the first time is only a few seconds. And, you know, it's going to be the kind of like, you know, getting up, saying hi to the family, saying, I sure hope I don't get shot today kind of thing. And, um, you know, and but the big secret is and it's going to be the most mind blowing because one of them is the main character's father. And we hid like such a such a big plot twist and made it so inconsequential that you had to find it. It's going to blow people's minds, blow their minds. Catalog. All right, so Jordan, you have a new draft of catalog. Uh, this time it is typed meticulously 
Uh, clearly done with a typewriter. There are still like some ink smears on the pages and everything. And it is out of order, I think. But you you have a much more clear picture for what the studio is giving you and where to go from here. Um, make what sure to think? read it is by your, moonlight, by the way. Yeah. Is your is your vision still intact? Is there anything else you want to do before this goes out the door? Uh, I think I think the writer and I are told. I think we are we're we're uh, brothers, you know, uh, in in uh, in, a, in some kind of celestial ethereal kind of a way um, that where I think we're both on the same page with this. Yeah, I I, I I totally I want I totally want to embrace your vision regarding the twenty four hour thing, and uh, perhaps as the credits roll at the end, one of those it'll flash again, one of those little things, and it'll it'll it'll, it'll be a callback to the, those earlier sequences. But uh, maybe it'll be uh, a, a member of the audience. Well, it'll be very conceptual. You know, again, it has to be very conceptual. We have to, in this day and age, people are so desensitized, I think, to uh, to media consumption that uh, you have to find a way to make it real for them, uh, and you also have to make a way to convince them that that is the way they're going to die. Yeah, but I, I, I'm totally on board with you on this concept. I think the fire, maybe uh, the scenes um, uh, with the explosions, as I'm sure there will be uh, plenty of them, I think the fire itself, you know, maybe it's not there at all. Maybe we implant these sounds and get these little, these, Ooh. you know, the fire, you, you, you get, you, you get the, uh, the people like their, their, their senses and their, and their, the, the flashbacks from other films that they've seen already and ready to see these explosions happen and they right. don't. Because explosions are fake. They are. They are. We ha- uh, we have to be honest with our audience. Maybe they're non-existent. The sound is still there. The effects of the fire and the explosions are still there. Are you happy with the casting? Yeah, you know, I, I wonder, with the Me Too movement lately, it's been really hard to find uh, actors who are still around. Um, I keep thinking of people and, uh, I, oh, no. Can't, no, not them either. Uh, to, oh, mm. So, you know, I think those they, they might be the only... I actually I don't know is he well oof I think for I think uh, I think he's probably in the clear right now you know I wonder if Glenn Close I wonder what she's doing you know she could add a certain kind of spice to this film that I, I really need and I think that the audience really I think she has a level of comfort and a lot a little bit of a, a, a rapport with the audience that um, that I think we really need I don't know how we're gonna write her in maybe she maybe it's just a close-up of her in one of the sections on the screen. All right. So, Kyle, you've got some details back. You've got Glenn Close attached to this picture now. What do you think? Is this going the way you want? And uh, anything else you want to change before this gets shipped out for distribution? So this woman who claims she's my assistant (laughs) says I'm getting better and that I'm starting to record tape recorder messages to remind myself. So I'm going to play one right now. Idea. Film. Budget. $50 $50 million, full stop. Glenn Close rides in on dogs, I think. Title, Intrigue Noir, full stop. That sounds... Janet, why is this tape recorder on my desk? Wait, hold on, it says play me. Let's, let's see what happens. They're going to die. Explosions are fake. What is that? Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm making a movie. I always that that sign that reminds me I'm making a movie. So so let's let's make the movie 3D because they'll make them think they're going to die. Yes, experiment Ex- catalog that blows minds. 
This was, wait, I'm sorry, this says action? I, it's an action movie. It's an action movie and the catalog, there's an old Sears robot catalog and it's haunted and it literally blows minds. Yes, that's, that must be what the director says. That's what the, it says, I have a note that says murder weapon next to it. So it's a catalog murder weapon. Frame by frame for six hours? Let's, yeah, let's experiment with playtime. Like, like, I don't know if the theater owners will like a six-hour runtime movie, but if we make it like a live-in experience, and we'll do it all in Morse code. Yeah, that's what I'm, it's coming in in bits now, but Glenn Close writing in on dogs. They're all gonna die. Cool, I hope this movie's safe, because it says make it real to them. Should we put the audience in actual danger? Maybe it's an escape room. The first ever escape room movie with actual real explosions because they're all going to die, but they're actually fake. We're onto something. So the suitcase has $50 million. Janet, what's this $50 million doing here? I quit. So I'm going to go buy a movie with this money, I think. Yeah. And then I'll send a code in Morse code. I'm a producer. All right. So what was the actual title of this? Was Catalog. Didn't Kyle change it to Intrigue Noir? Isn't that what, what it was? That's what the post-it note says, and okay. they, they dictate my life. I'm going to put this film into our movie machine, uh, which sounds like a mirror shattering and then the reverse of a mirror shattering uh, <laughs> overlaid with a scream. So this movie has some interesting results. Not that many people go and see it. You, you net very small amount of money coming back in, uh, but you do not break even at all. This movie ends up winning an, an accidental Oscar, though, because there's just, like, a bunch of, like, loud, noisy asshole movies, and, like, there's nothing else going on, so this ends up in, like, the... Uh, I guess it'll be in the, you know, best sound mixing category, and then somehow it just, like, pulls it out, and then everybody's like, what the fuck is this movie? Later it was revealed that, like, nobody on the, the voting committee actually watched it. They're just like, yeah, sure, why not? This seems artsy and cool. So, you guys get a little bit of, like, momentary spike in fame, but then everybody realizes that it's just, like, this crazy, wild, messed up thing. Thankfully, nobody actually dies in, like, the escape room thing that turned out to be extremely dangerous. <laughs> but you manage to... Uh, avoid some very bad lawsuits because of that. So it doesn't turn out super great, but you do have an Oscar now, so that's kind of neat. And since the movie machine is magic and it predicts the future for us, we do offer a little bit of time where we can go back and change one thing or call it art and leave it as it is. So beginning with our writer, Ben, you have a few minutes to do so. I don't think we took enough risks. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to melt down this Oscar Make it into a pen and do my rewrite. So, first off, we didn't get enough attention because no one died, okay? So, let's, you know, we don't necessarily have to have anybody die. You know, we can either spread the rumor or we can go to one of those states that executes people and just, like, ask if we can borrow somebody on death row. Hey, that's their prerogative, not mine. And, you know, that will get the attention out. Like, this guy died playing this movie. Whoa. You know, and I'm sure that'll attract people to go see it. Because also, you know what? I think because we want people to interpret our movie. So, but we need to give them a hook for something to find. So, because I'm sure we can totally do this. You know, we're going to talk to Disney, get the trailer for their nearest movie so we can hide it in our movie. And, you know, tell people, hey, we've hidden 
uh, the new Marvel movie that's coming out, whatever it is, because I don't know, the Wasp movie, we'll put that in there and hide it in our movie. And so everyone's going to interpret that. And in the process, they'll find themselves. You know, it's like the journey that they were going on with, like they, they were told that the treasure was the Ant-Man and Wasp trailer, but the real treasure was inside themselves the whole time. Actually, if we do that, we probably don't have to kill anybody. Yeah. Wow. That being said, you know, people super into the Marvel movies, there's a higher chance maybe that some of them might die because we have more people watching it. But, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, so Jordan, you've got some interesting notes about maybe killing a guy and trying to license a Marvel trailer to stick in there. What do you think? Well, Disney and I never got along since I chose to leave and do the El Dorado film, which that was that was not a Disney film, right? Correct. I don't remember. Um, it was a long time. What was that, 30, 40, 60 years ago? That was a, gosh, Obama was ago. still president back then. <laughs> My God. No, you know, I think maybe, I think I think you're right. Um, you know, putting in putting in some spots is a good idea. I think to avoid the lawsuits, I, I bet there's a lot of jokers who yell fire in an escape room movie theater and uh, cause a lot of panic. So, you know, maybe maybe we uh, maybe we roll back the, um, the the escape room aspect and replace it with an escape escape your own mind kind of an aspect. Maybe there's a pamphlet we hand out where people uh, get very introspective. We ask them to think about why they came to this film and why they want to watch people die in film and why they, uh, well, no, maybe they just wouldn't come at all to that film. Maybe it's getting too conceptual. Nah. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, maybe the film's in German. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it'll just get big in Europe. We'll win an Oscar. Maybe that's what we'll do. Or a Heinrich. Whatever they, uh, I'm sure they have, they've got some kind of a equivalent there. All right, um, so Kyle, you've got some detailed notes back here. You've got some interesting ideas about how best to market this movie. But seeing as that is your job, what's going through and what is not. So, I think this is this is this. There's a chart, a circular chart in my handwriting. So I think this is the key because it was laid prominently on my desk next to an Oscar. I don't know where this Oscar came from, but I think this is the key to an Oscar. That's what this means. Step one, hide in Disney. Step two, put wasps inside. We'll put wasps inside the movie in the film canister. We're going to do it on film. And on, on the outside, we'll put a sign that says, this movie kills people. And people won't be able to resist opening it. Like there's there's been a movie like that, I'm sure. Then we watch people die. Big Oscar is in Europe. So we'll find Big Oscar. Uh, hold on, there's another step because it's a circular thing. Wasps inside, hide in Disney. This movie kills people. Watch people die. Man, there's a lot of steps to this plan. <laughs> Big Oscar in Europe. Wasps inside. Wow, this just keeps going deep. I'm going to be on this for a while. Hide in Disney. Now, do they mean like... Isn't Disney like a cryogenic like robot? Like, do we hide inside the robot or do we hide in Disneyland or is it Disney World? Which one? Are we a Florida movie or are we a California movie? This movie kills people. Oh, it's Florida. Okay. Um, <laughs> watch people die. Yeah, of Florida for sure. That's all I got. All right, so I'm gonna put the results back into the movie machine. Basically, not a whole lot changes <laughs> except. 
more people are like not nobody's still nobody's killed, but there are more people who are injured. There's some confusion about like wasps being put into like film reels going out to the theaters, and like projectionists get like stung violently, and then they have to like cancel screenings. But that drives a little bit of controversy, so people go and see it. But then those people are also injured, so then those people don't like say, "Wow, I had a great time." But do they change their minds? No. This movie goes down in history as, like, a publicity stunt that also, I guess, there was a film. And you still end up with your Oscar somehow because, again, nobody saw it. So they just like, oh, this seems artsy and interesting. Fine. Okay. So there you have it, folks. Intrigue Noir. And as always, we will end our show with a quote of wisdom from our new patron saint, Jaden Smith. How can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? Oh, he should be my co-writer. Mirrors are important. All right, bring it forward.